Kasha, thank you so much for being on the Step Zero podcast. I really appreciate you doing this. Just for people listening, um, you are a Berlin-based founder of an early stage startup that deals with toxic leadership. Thank you so much for coming on board. Thank you, Matteo. Thanks for inviting me and thank you for touching on this topic as well. Yeah, I am developing a solution for people who are facing violence and harassment at work. And uh, this is sourcing from toxic leadership and from the choices that top leaders make, what kind of stuff they tolerate and what kind of um, decisions they make in terms of their staff and priorities. So it's a really important topic to, to talk about, yeah. Well, it's definitely a crucial topic. Um, and this is probably something that a lot of people ask you, but how come you um, decided to build something based on this topic? Mm -hmm. So to begin with, it was, of course, it's, it, typically it was my own experience. I had uh, three bosses of this sort who had very negative impact on my colleagues and myself. And um, at the beginning, I didn't recognize what the issue was. And it, it was only later that I realized that it is actually more of a systemic problem and not an interpersonal issue. And then I dug deeper and I spoke to other people about it. And yeah, the more stories I heard, the more I felt, okay, this is actually a big social problem. And yeah, after leaving my last job, I decided to take a chance and see if maybe I could come up with a solution as well, since it's it's quite a gap in the market with when it comes to the support for people who are dealing with this issue. It's quite taboo as well. It touches many lives. And yet still, it's rarely spoken about. I see. And were you aware back then that there was an issue with these previous leads of yours? I knew that it was a difficult leader, but I did not recognize, um, or like the relationship was difficult, but I didn't recognize who was at fault or what what was actually happening. Like a lot of the problem is the gaslighting uh, problem. So it is about you not knowing exactly what is happening. And then the, the people in power, the toxic leaders benefit from that lack of knowledge and also the fear that comes with it. So you do end up questioning yourself more than the boss itself and uh, or themselves. And then uh, also people around you, if it's not a topic that it's often talked about, it just feels very isolating and you do feel like, okay, it, it is me. <laughs> I am the problem and you try your best to fix the situation, but it never actually helps because in the end, it's this is not the issue. So at that point, I did not realize it. And this is also why I was thinking to create a solution for people who don't have that kind of support in their network. Because if you have people who have went through it and they hear or they witness what is happening to you, they can give you pointers. But if you have people who are not sensitive to that topic at all, then yeah, there will be no support. And if you never heard those stories before, if you never came across that topic, it is more the tendency is to turn on yourself rather than uh, other uh, outwards. Yeah. Understood. So if I get it right, there wasn't actually, so to speak, a snapping moment, a moment of truth of realization that happened overnight where you said, oh, my leaders might show toxic behaviors, but it was something more of a progressive process or something that happened over time where you realized, okay, there's definitely something wrong. 
it's probably not just me, but there is actually a systemic issue and we have to address it. Yeah. And I mean, from the beginning, actually, this is also what I often hear in my conversations with people about it. Often, you know, you recognize immediately something is off, but you don't know how to name it. You don't know what it is exactly. So you do recognize, okay, this person, like me, we don't vibe. (laughs) Or this person is not clear in their communication. They told me one thing and then they said another in front of other people. They wrote this kind of message. Like you, you recognize that their behavior is not correct. But what is often not recognized is the fact that this behavior is not acceptable. There is a lot of normalization and acceptance of that kind of leadership and of that kind of communication. And it's like, oh, you know, everybody has to go through it, especially at the beginning of your career. You just feel like you have to take whatever comes in order to progress. Or even later on, if you want to keep the job, if you are somehow um, dependent on the money, you know, depending on your life situation, children, mortgages, there are so many things that impact your decisions. So, but you do recognize that something is not right, but you feel like I have to accept it. And it took me yeah, a while to then recognize that, wait a second, I don't have to accept it. And actually nobody should have to accept it because it is extremely damaging and it really ruins people's lives. Like the stories you hear are are shocking. And I think people have to hear more of these stories to to recognize. Also for the leaders, the leaders themselves to recognize what damage they cause, because there will be some percentage of people who who know that they have negative impact and they are okay with it. But there will be percentage of people who have very negative impact, but they are unaware because yeah, they don't they don't either hear the full story or the consequences are not severe for them enough. Understood. Thanks for sharing. So let's let's dive into the topic. How do we spot a toxic leader? And are there any, let's call them early indicators of a leader being toxic? So toxic leaders are people who um, basically put their own interests and their own image ahead of the well-being of people that they lead. So it's not even the it's not even about the company succeeding. It's about them being seen as successful. And the early things that you can spot is often how how they take on challenges, how people discuss things with them. If it's all about their ego, you can immediately spot that in the way they respond to being questioned, for example, or being argued with, or maybe not even argued, but just getting a different kind of opinion. So they are very controlling. It is often the issue that they are micromanaging, that they don't actually communicate very clearly because they they have an idea in their mind, but it's not so easy. Uh, they, they don't pay attention to other people and their perception. So the priority is them and not other people. And in order to communicate successfully, you have to take the other perspective also into consideration. So they are bad communicators. A lot of the time, they are also quite difficult to take their word. So they're they're often dishonest and they are dishonest in many different ways. For example, they can be, yeah, they can say something in front of people, which they then say a completely different thing in, when you're one-to-one. They Their written communication can be contrary to what they say. So whenever there are witnesses or no witnesses, it depends what what plays into their uh, benefit and they're also very manipulative so they they can 
with you, they behave in a certain way, and then uh, they say something else to other people, and then in front of a crowd, they appear like a caring, wonderful person, while alone behind closed doors, they're something else. So you're not, you're not believed, uh, your version. Oh, there are actually many different, this is also an important thing about toxic leadership, that it is a scale. So it's very hard to pin it down and it can be harassment, which happens in a very short period of time and it's very intense. It can be physical. With psychological violence, it's often over time. So it's little things that add up. So it's really, yeah, with the spectrum, it's wide and you just have to recognize how you feel about it and what it does with you and uh, whether it's empowering you or the opposite. Because a leader should be empowering their team, really. And they are there to support the team so that the team together delivers something of, of impact. And with a toxic leader, the team is there to support the leader, to serve the leader. And it's not really about the well-being of the people at all. Hmm. And yet you hear a lot about toxic leadership, right? I, I was preparing some for this call and I and I read a lot about toxic leadership. I've read a lot about toxic leadership in the past. There's many articles being posted all over um, LinkedIn and different social media about toxic leadership. Why is it so common if if it is known that this is a thing and that toxic leadership exists? Why do companies allow? Like is it that easy? For it to go undetected, at least at the beginning? Why do you think is it so spread? <laughs> That's a great question. I think there are different uh, points to it. One of them is our perception of what success is and what it looks like and what a successful person behaves like. So it's, yeah, we often look at uh, a successful person as someone who is very charismatic or that's a great leader because they they can speak so well, they are very great at selling themselves. They're very great at selling the idea. They are, yeah, they, they just impress very easily. And that's not necessarily what good leadership is about. Good leadership is about being more compassionate and strategic and uh, supporting people in your team because every business is in the end about the people who are in the team and who make things happen. So I think one of the things is just the wrong wrong way of recruiting leaders and promoting the people who um, show not the right signs of leadership. Also, of course, it is very um, damaging to companies in the long term, but sometimes a toxic leader can bring positive results in the short term. And it depends, really depends on the top leadership, what their priorities are and who they tolerate. So I always say, you know, people people talk about, oh, you have toxic colleagues. It's not always the boss. It's It could be toxic colleagues. From my perspective, it is always the responsibility of the top leader what kind of culture they tolerate and what kind of, uh, how they solve problems. So if they see that, okay, there is a toxic leader in my team, but I cannot I cannot solve this because it will cost me time. It will cost me money. It will cost me all these resources. Yeah, I see that this is then their fault. And I think that's why companies tolerate it because they, in the long term, they see it as too much of an effort. But I'm also in the process of doing the research. I'm really intrigued by the perspective of the HR departments, especially in bigger companies. So I don't think I, at this point, have all the answers. Um, I'm also full of questions, especially with towards the professionals who are in place 
to deal with these situations. Well, fair enough. And and I appreciate you saying this. And it's already, I believe, a very valid answer. Um, you mentioned, of course, there could be situations where you hire externally and maybe you hire wrong. And that's not necessarily to the company's fault or to the uh, people's department fault. They might not spot certain uh, certain red flags, so to speak. Or you obviously promote somebody who is an individual contributor uh, to being a team lead. But either way, it seems that we might have an issue with how we define performance somehow or how we value performance. Um, some, it makes me think of a situation where you have great individual contributors who, however, are not suitable for for being leaders. And this may, again, not be to their own fault. Maybe they have not been coached properly. Maybe they don't have the right inclination to to being leads. But would you would you think it's fair to say that something is off with the way we define performance or success metrics within a company? I think so, yes. Especially when we talk about promotion and what you mentioned about the individual contributor. We get people who are very narrowly specialized and they excel at something. But this doesn't equal being a good leader, especially if you are, for example, if we talk about tech, for example, yeah. If you excel at something technical, how does that translate into um, good leadership? It doesn't necessarily. You have to be a good communicator. You have to have the best interest of the people who, who you're responsible for at your heart. And yeah, I think with the individual contributors, their performance is measured by what they deliver. And in my opinion, companies should look at what impact do you have on your colleagues and what impact do you have on the team dynamic? How do you contribute to the culture? And you don't have to be the most outgoing person talking to everybody. But when you do open your mouth and when you do collaborate with others, what kind of feeling do you leave behind? Are you encouraging? Are you a kind of person who can support your team members? Or do you use threats and do you sabotage? Of course, you can achieve amazing goals through the worst means. And I think this is what should what should be more paid attention to is how do, how do people feel around you? Because if people if people are happy to work with you, then that's already a good sign. If people don't like to work with you, then it is a warning in my eyes i see let me let me ask you like who's the who's the worst enemy within a company of a toxic leader um it's the people who are uh, aware i think the worst enemy is a person who recognizes that okay this behavior is not acceptable and they um talk about it the toxic leader benefits from that fear and silence from that status quo that it's okay and I think the the most, and it's also the people who often, yeah, they they are on their way out or they are they lose their jobs because of it because a toxic leader knows they they feel threatened they feel seen there is a lot of insecurity about a toxic leader I mean these people want to maintain the power and they believe that they 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 have to do it by negative measures rather than positive ones. They feel threatened. So I think the biggest enemy is the person who does not feel this uh, fear and is um, ready to speak up and to spread awareness about the fact that, look at this leader, are they actually competent in their leadership role? Um, yeah, that's what I think. 
is there any, I, I believe the reality is not, of course, that simple, but is there anything that anyone could do to flag this issue within their own company? Different companies have different processes. So um, I would definitely speak to HR and see what processes they have in place. It's always very, it's always recommended to leave a paper trail. So to write things to HR, if you want to flag things out, email about it. And if you don't have an HR department, because that also happens uh, very often, it's your own notes. It's, it's about the, because it is on a spectrum, it could be happening over months, over years. It's a, a long process of uh, harassment, for example. I think what people can do is just write things down for themselves and uh, connect with HR. And, and if they want to tackle it by themselves is also to speak with their colleagues. But there also is the issue of how many people will want to stand uh, shoulder to shoulder in that situation. But it is definitely about having evidence. So if if you want to tackle it, you need to gather evidence. And that's the, the hard part, because also with that being a spectrum at the very beginning, people often don't notice what is happening and they don't collect the right evidence. So definitely writing to HR about the problem and inquiring what kind of process is in place within that company. Fair enough. That's all That's all very useful, Gasha. Thank you. I know that you are also very interested into the human dignity at work topic. Is there mm-hmm. a direct correlation between toxic leadership as a, let's say, macro topic and human dignity? Do the two go somehow hand in hand? Is there a strong connection that you can make on this case? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the way people are treated at work, we spent really over, what is it? I think the statistic is on average, people spent over 80,000 hours of life at work. And that's, we only sleep more. That's the only thing we do more is sleep, which means with that amount of time spent at work, how we are being treated is really important. So when you are being bullied or gaslit or constantly humiliated, if you are overworked, because toxic leadership is not just about how people communicate with you, it's also how much work are you given? What is the speed of the delivery that is expected? How much rest do you actually get? And with the stress that you experience, how can you recover even on your holiday? So the dignity part comes in because of all this stress and the way you are being treated. It's undignifying to be treated like like you have nothing to contribute, like your voice doesn't matter. This is a really important point. When you do flag things up, are you actually heard? When you do contribute, does it count? It's it's about being treated like, yeah, like a human being uh, of worth. And with, with toxic leadership, a lot of power that toxic leaders have is in taking this dignity away because then people feel like, well, I have, well, I'm, I'm worthless anyway. I'm lucky I got this job. I'm lucky that they tolerate me in this terrible state that I'm in. And yeah, there is no dignity in that. So uh, there is also a lot of public humiliation. And in the end, people take that home, people take that to their families. It has an impact on their whole lives. People take it to their next job. If they are lucky enough to leave this one, they will take the trauma. It is traumatizing. And they will take that trauma with them to the next job they go to. And then also it's 
yes, you you just you lose that feeling of of being a valuable contributor, and there is no dignity in that. Thank you for explaining this. I do believe there is very little that people in any position within companies know about human dignity at work. So some people might, of course, understand the concept of human dignity, but they don't necessarily understand the connection between the dignity and the work environment. So mm -hmm. I really appreciate you you pointing this out. And Kasha, we are at the, let's say, last few minutes of the of the conversation. And there is one thing that I really want to get out there. And specifically the fact that, as we said at the beginning, you are the founder of an early stage startup called Vent. Can we get some um, information about it? Is, is there anything that you can share about Vent? Any specific plans, any hopes that you that you have for, for the startup itself? Anything that that you're willing to share, we would be happy to to hear. And of course, feel free to let us know where we can reach you in case anybody who's listening wants to know more or wants to get in touch with you. Mm -hmm. Yes, so thank you very much for asking. Yes, so we are, like you said, we are very early stage. So um, right now we are only reachable on LinkedIn. We are still in the process of developing the solution, finding what is the best way to address the issue. We are thinking to create a community, to create a safe space for people to in, get informed about toxic leadership and harassment and violence at work. And yeah, we would like to empower people through information and also to connect them to professionals. Because in that state, in that state of stress, the cortisol levels are so high that it is really difficult to um, to find solutions for yourself, especially if you don't have any support group. So Vent is meant to be that solution that is one-stop shop for people who are dealing with violence and harassment at work, who are uh, facing a toxic leader and feeling like there is no way out. We want to give them answers to this and support and connect them to professionals who can support them not only when it comes to mental health and their well-being, but also in legal terms, whenever that is necessary. Well, that is amazing. I, I for one, very much look forward to seeing it being developed. And I hope that uh, we'll see the progress. Well, right now, as you said, like through LinkedIn. Um, but um, yeah, I, you know, knowing you and, and, and knowing the, the passion that you put into this, I'm pretty sure that it will be a success. And I wish you just the best. Um, Kasha, thank you so much for doing this. It's been an absolute pleasure. I do hope we can have more conversations in the future. And again, thank you so much for making the time today. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. It was really great.